Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucid Trust. A non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for for today, The Great Invocation, Part 1. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The great invocation belongs to no one individual or group. It belongs to all of humanity. Tens of thousands of people of goodwill throughout the world are using it every day. No one can use this invocation or prayer for illumination and love without causing powerful changes in his own attitudes and life intention. What is invocation exactly, and also is it different from prayer? Well, the great invocation is meant to be both a prayer and an invocation, but there are differences. Prayer, I think we could say, is an expression of desire, and on a higher spiritual level of aspiration, of longing for union with uh, the Creator, with the source of life, with God, however one envisions the um, power that has brought the world and ourselves into being. Prayer is a kind of uh, petition that one presents uh, to God when one is in need or when one's loved ones are in need. And the invocation, the great invocation, can be said on that level. Another uh, approach to the great invocation is, is as an invocation. And invocation is based on the old idea of draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In other words, it's an approach that reciprocates a response inevitably. 
There's an old saying, uh, be careful what, you'll ask, what you ask for, you'll probably get it. And invocation is taking that concept seriously. What we invoke, if we can really uh, clarify and uh, fine-tune our appeal, it will bring forth response. And the whole power of the great invocation is that it summarizes what is humanity's true need, even if human beings don't all agree that they need light and love and power. In fact, they do. And the great invocation distills that that uh, appeal into an invocation that inevitably will evoke response from the creator of the world. Yeah, I think that's the distinguishing um, feature about an invocation that with invocation one is participating more directly with uh, the energies and forces that one is uh, uh, trying to evoke and there will be an evocation from the higher source uh, if the um, invocation is uh, said with uh, real intention and with fervor and with uh, thought behind the, the words and uh, so it's, it's a more participatory uh, exercise I think of invocation and evocation it's a as you say it's a, it's a asking and you receive kind mm-hmm. of thing and the, the, the response will be uh, will come forth The word participatory is good because in this approach to God, a channel is created, a channel for the inflow of spiritual energy so that human beings can become participants, cooperators in the working out of God's plan for the world. And that's the basis of the great invocation that those who sound it, especially on a regular uh, and consistent, enduring Uh, level as part of their meditation practice can gradually become participants in uh, the working out of God's plan for the world. Invocation is on a more general level a kind of a mysterious approach towards the light which uh, is something that's innate in all forms, all living things similar to the way a plant follows the sun or the way an animal responds to its master. There is a sense of interplay, of interconnection, of relationship that is set up, which expresses as invocation, asking and receiving. It's an, in, it's a, uh, what would you say, um, a generation of a field of energy that always uh, returns to oneself in order to give still more ask and you shall receive uh, give and you will receive to give still more right and it's a, a, it's a way of closer approach to the source of the invocation uh, in this case it's in the, in the, in the terms of the um, great invocation it is um, invoking the spiritual hierarchy and the energies of the spiritual hierarchy to approach closer to humanity and that's the whole purpose of the invocation is that's why it was given out so that humanity could participate in that uh, closer approach between humanity and the spiritual hierarchy 
the very first stanza of the Great Invocation, which our regular listeners already know because it closes the program every week, uh, the very first stanza touches on this um, role of humanity from the point of light within the mind of God let light stream forth into human minds let light descend on earth that right there touches upon the fundamental role of the human being because the very term man is from the Sanskrit manas meaning one who thinks or thinking entity and the original wording of the great invocation which many people still work with is slightly different from the point of light within the mind of God let light stream forth into the minds of men let light descend on earth we are not though speaking only of people of the male gender men as thinking entity contains women but the adapted version of the great invocation which is sounded at the end of our programs always uses the adapted wording let light stream forth into human minds it's a very small difference Yes, and it's it's an invocation for more light, light of, which will um, cut through the darkness and illumine the uh, the darkness that is uh, in the human uh, human character, human mind, and so it. And we see this happening all over the world now. There is much more light being shed into the uh, into the dark places. And I think that's uh, one of the, uh, maybe it's one of the great spiritual effects that is happening because of this demand for more light, and we are receiving more light. I think we're so familiar at this uh, point with um, the desire for light that we don't realize how phenomenally the world has increased in light in just the past 100 or 120 years the electrification of virtually the whole planet has occurred in the space of about a hundred years thanks to the work of people like Thomas Edison and the enormous changes this has meant in the way people live their lives and the growth of mass education, mass literacy to say nothing of technology and the internet and uh, communications through the various media light has poured into human minds. It hasn't made us altogether good, <laughs> but it has made us increasingly yeah. aware. Right, and as it says, um, I, I believe that Christ has said that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Well, those days are over, <clears throat> thanks to the media. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to keep something buried very long. That's right, and uh, we have to exposed, right? yes. We have to uh, realize that, that yes, the media is playing a part in lighting, lighting the lighting the earth, mm -hmm. and it's illuminating a lot of the evil deeds in human hearts, and uh, so. Uh, that, that's another aspect of light. It's revealing all the corruption, but it, it also means the, the light that you mentioned, the electrification of the earth. Mm -hmm. Another level of um, meaning to this first stanza is the role that human minds are meant to play on a spiritual level. This is rather difficult to express, but not too long ago, there was an experiment 
done at one of the universities in America that found that a gathering of human beings in physical proximity to each other could generate voltage, something to the equivalent of 12 watts. Yes, it would would turn on enough for a 12-watt bulb. Could light a (laughs) 12-watt bulb, a group of people. And it wasn't a massive number of people. It was uh, on the front of the Times a few months ago, and it was so fascinating because that's the whole basis for group meditation, that when people gather together in meditation, a certain amount of uh, wattage is generated, even though we might each individually feel like pretty dim bulbs together a group can make a phenomenal difference. And when we think of six billion of us, if, say, one-sixth of the human race, one billion people, were oriented toward cooperation with the plan of God, striving to understand it, invoking uh, understanding so that they could become part of the human channel for the inpouring energies of light and love and power to pour into the world. Just think of the voltage that would be generated by all of these minds working in synchronicity. Right. One of the one of the long term um, goals for planet Earth is that Earth should become a lighted a light station, a station mm-hmm. of light. Mm-hmm. And um, that doesn't mean just the electric lights, because even though we can see all of that from space now, the electric mm-hmm. lights of the cities, but it means also the inner light, the inner spiritual light that radiates from the human soul that comes through the human beings. And it's that light that will eventually illumine the whole earth and make it a, a, a factor in the whole solar system. So that's one of the great... Um, destinies of the earth. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, our topic for today, The Great Invocation, Part 1. We have a gift for you today, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, It's available at absolutely no charge, not even a shipping charge. And what we'll send out to you uh, are two pamphlets on The Great Invocation, plus a beautiful four-color bookmark with The Great Invocation written on it. Now, the two pamphlets are, one. the title of one is The Great Invocation, and the other is The Great Invocation, A Mantram for the New Age and for All Humanity. Very interesting books, and it uh, enables you to explore today's topic in greater depth. The pamphlets go into detail about the meaning and significance of The Great Invocation and answer many questions that you might have. So, in order to uh, get your gift, just give us a call at 1-866-NY-LUCIS. That's 1-866, think of New York LUCIS, NY-LUCIS. And uh, I think, too, I I, I can agree with what uh, uh, Sarah and Dell was saying earlier, and that is that uh, with the great invocation, if you you say it a few times, I think it really does impact your consciousness, and it does have a very very positive effect on the way you view things. So give it a try. Say it a few times and I think you'll agree with me. It does really affect your consciousness. It does alter things for the better within you. Also, uh, what we have is uh, um, a toll-free number that uh, 
Uh, it's also it's not the easy way to remember it, but uh, copy this down if you didn't do so before. One eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. And once again, you can order your gift on those lines. We'll be happy to send it out to you, very free, free of, uh, absolutely free of charge, no shipping charge. So what you'll get once again are the two pamphlets for free. Uh, very interesting reading, plus a uh, beautiful four-colored bookmark that, where the great invocation is written upon it. Um, uh, by the way, we stay on the radio due to your generous support and your donations, and we donations, and we appreciate that support. Uh, they are tax deductible, so send your donations uh, to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. All of our Intersight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. www.lucistrust.org The theme of each week's program is posted in advance uh, on our website so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. Now, I I was listening to what you and Dale were saying. You were talking about uh, how the world is evolving, and in spite of the appearances of things, that uh, things are getting better, perhaps more spiritually minded. Uh, uh, But at at your seminar last time, we had a very interesting speaker, and I think he was confirming what you were saying today. Maybe you want to expand a little on that. And he said that uh, uh, no missionary could get rid of the caste system, uh, and no philosopher could get rid of the caste system, but now economics and materialism is destroying the caste system. Would that be an example of the world evolving and lighting up uh, more or less serendipity, so to speak? I suppose so. Um, Yes, I hadn't connected uh, his remark with that idea. We are evolving and people's minds are awakening and we are taking more and more responsibility for the situation of the world instead of either blaming fate or thinking God will rescue us. And that's what's so interesting about the Great Invocation, that it is a working tool by which people can help cooperate in redeeming the state of the world through human effort, through empowering human minds and hearts to recognize a better way to live. The second stanza is especially uh, beautiful and powerful on the power of the human heart. It says, From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. Now, the original wording of the Great Invocation, which many people still use, is slightly different. It says, From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. What's important to understand when Christ is invoked that we mean the cosmic Christ, not the Christ who overshadowed the Master Jesus and who is known and loved by Christians, but we mean, I would say more than that, we mean the Christ principle who is in every human heart. We mean Christ who is known by many different names among people of many different faiths. We've talked about this on the program many times, that the word Christ is from the Greek meaning anointed one, just as Messiah 
is from the Hebrew meaning anointed one. It's a recognition among many different peoples of the special place of the the Christ, the coming one, as world savior. The uh, uh, Muslims look for the Imam Mahdi, and the uh, Persians expect the... Ah, oh, I forget the title now. My mind goes blank. The Hindu concept of the Kalki avatar is another uh, variation on this expectation that a world savior will come not exactly to save us from ourselves, but in response to our own increasing capacity to be responsive to the energies of that coming one. In other words, the more we manifest love, the more likely and receptive an atmosphere the coming one will find in the world to take humanity on its next step. Right, I think that uh, in the Buddhist philosophy, the Lord Maitreya mm -hmm. is another right. uh, aspect, another name for this same entity, the same principle of love. And it's if you combine this um, this stanza on based on love with the previous stanza on light and intelligence, then you have the uh, <clears throat> combination of love and light which are so badly needed in the world which will produce more and more loving understanding because in those two words you have both the love from the heart of God and the light from the mind of God and it's producing loving understanding in the human in every human being and I think that's what is really growing in the world today. There is much more loving understanding because the human beings are, are reaching out to other parts of the world, to the needs of the world, and there is a, a desperate need to understand uh, why uh, there is such uh, a great need out there, and we're trying to meet it. And there is this great sense of love is coming from the human heart, and that's all a response from the um, uh, from the higher sources of love, from the love of God. Yes, if we want Christ to come into the world, we must create a Christ-like world for him to do his work in. And I think this Christ-like consciousness in human beings, as you say, is increasing. A few examples of just the past few decades come to mind. The Marshall Plan after the World War II was an enormously successful and important effort done out of pure, as I understand it, out of pure generosity and concern for starving Europe to send food and other um, needed items to a continent that had really been leveled by the war. That generous, impersonal love is an expression of Christ consciousness. A more recent example is the response to the tsunami in Southeast Asia when there was a tremendous outpouring of response spontaneously without governments organizing it, just from countless people throughout the world who opened up their hearts and their pocketbooks and in many cases made themselves available personally to help rebuild that part of the world. And there is so much more philanthropy, uh, mm -hmm. philanthropic enterprises going on now 
between uh, the, the regular human beings and, uh, and and filling the needs where even where governments are falling down, uh, people are stepping up uh, to the plate, as they say, and 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 putting money in the plate, <coughs> and it's reaching out to to meet that need. Then they're bypassing government, so uh, there is a tremendous. A spontaneous outpouring, and that's that's the human soul coming through. I think there is some questioning of this second stanza: May Christ return to earth? May the coming one return to earth? A wondering of why we should expect such a being to come and save us from ourselves. Shouldn't we do that? And the answer is yes. We have to save ourselves, and we have the capacity to do so through the Christ principle that exists in every human heart. That's a term for the soul, the inner divinity that exists in potential within every human being. And that's the means of our salvation. Our own inner Christ principle is what will redeem us and move us forward in evolution. But the appeal for Christ to return has to do with the concept of an avatar. We've talked about this before. It's a a Sanskrit term meaning literally coming down from high above to a lower place. And an avatar is a great being who periodically comes into the world to anchor some divine principle by embodying it. Then a nucleus of energy is established on earth which human beings can begin to build into their understanding, into their relationships, into their own approach to life. Look at the impact that Christ has had from 2,000 years ago, the impact of a Buddha who anchored the principle of light in the world. These are tremendous gifts to humanity by these avatars, But we then have to do our part by building that energy into our own consciousness, wouldn't you say? Embodying it ourselves. Well, yes, and it represents the awakening of the heart center in every human being. And I think that's, um, that's really what's happening. Because, as I said earlier, it is the spontaneous effect of the soul control. The soul is beginning to take more control over the outer affairs of life and um, that's what we're seeing. And when we have really demonstrated a greater capacity to love and serve as Christ asked of us when he was last on earth, when we have really built that into human relationships, then we will be ready for yet another step forward in our understanding of divinity and of God's plan. The return of the Christ will be to teach us something about the use of the will. The human will, when it is aligned with divine will, is a powerful means for planetary redemption and for evolution. And we cannot be ready for that blast of will energy until we have really demonstrated that we love that we are selfless and impersonal enough to love in a way that doesn't just foster self-interest in the circle of a few chosen ones. So when we ask for Christ to return, it's in order to move human evolution forward on the path. 
available at no charge from the Lucis Trust. That's right, absolutely for free. It's our gift to you, and that is two pamphlets on the Great Invocation plus a beautiful four-color bookmark with the Great Invocation written on it. The pamphlets go into detail about the meaning and significance of the Great Invocation and answer many questions that you might have. What you need to do, if you'd like to take advantage of this offer, is give us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S, or 1-866-695-8247, You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?